All right, guys. Here we are for another episode of Car Thoughts with David. I'm joined today by Lee Everett. He is the founder of Avalon, the recruiting agency slash uh, culture guru, I would say, and uh, also a good friend. He is a co-host at uh, LinkedIn Local with me, and uh, just a real good person to know if you're in Charlotte. So, Lee, if you want to introduce yourself, we can start then. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. Um, see, my name's Lee Everett. I am from a uh, little small town called Pine Tops, North Carolina. And so Charlotte's definitely a good upgrade. Um, going from a two-stop-like town to Charlotte is nice. So traveled around a bit and finally decided to call Charlotte my home. And as David mentioned, I started Avalon just a few months ago. So Avalon is a uh, consultant agency where we basically look at organizational culture and hiring process. So we help you recruit, retain, select, and develop employees. And we want to really make sure that the employees that you're hiring and bringing on are a direct reflection of the culture that you're trying to build within your company. Um that's definitely something that's very important to me is the people aspect and human resources and really being able to showcase, you know, what the values of the organization are, making sure that ties into the people that you hire. And, you know, recently David actually had motivated me to start my own podcast. So I've got a uh, interesting mental health journey. And um, so David actually, by hearing some of his podcasts, motivated me to start my own. So I started a podcast called Authentic Act where we discuss awareness, character, and team, and how that makes your act in life authentic and how that pertains to your mental health and where you are today in life. Um, so that's just a, a little bit about me, you know, starting out. Oh, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, what all the stuff that you're doing is just so, so really cool, you know, taking that leap, uh, to, you know, to start Avalon going from, uh, you know, the, the space that you're in and just, you know, jumping, you know, feet first into this uh, new and excited venture, which, you know, I've been super excited to learn about and, and to, uh, to uh, you know, kind of be a part of in a way, you know, with, uh, you know, helping you with wording on the website. And, of course, you've helped me with wording on the LinkedIn local events uh, where I've just kind of goofed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey for sure, you know, seeing you grow into this, uh, knew you and everything from, uh, you know, from where you were when we first met, um, you know, at LinkedIn Local. And it seems like ages ago, but it's not even been, it's not even been mm -hmm. a year. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, a lot has changed, man. And, and back in October is kind of when I had kind of a life pivoting moment. And, you know, as, as you and I have discussed before, and I can, I can share up here a little bit of, if you'd like. Um, yeah about some of the mental health pieces. So uh, I was actually diagnosed with obsessive compulsive at the age of four. And from all that, I was actually looking to be clinically diagnosed. They, three different doctors from Duke Hospital wanted to send me to Cherry Hospital to basically be institutionalized at four or five years old. And <laughs> that's not something that went over well with my mom, obviously, and my family. So um she immediately started to take uh start to take action at that point my dad was a, is a, 
uh, well, is a retired school teacher, and my mom worked with physically and mentally disabled children in the school system. Uh, so she was familiar with some of this, but um, not to this extreme, so to say. Uh, so she ended up quitting her full-time job and jumping in to be a stay-at-home mom to help support what I was going through because uh, it was bad. I mean, I was licking carpet floors. I was pounding tiles. I was looking at the sun for X amount of seconds. Um, I would hold knives up to my chest or threaten to hurt myself or my family. Uh, so it was a really tough time for myself and my family going through some of that and having never experienced that level, I guess, of, of mental health. Um, so it was a big eye opener for all of us, especially me not really knowing and understanding what was going on per se. Uh, but she really saved my life. We went from psychologist to psychologist where she helped teach me that my thoughts aren't what control me. You know, we are in control of our minds and that if a thought does arise to just be an observer of that thought and let that thought pass and understand and, and be aware of that thought, but not let it affect your actions or who you are as a person. Um, you know, there'd be times she would be bathing my brother and I and my brother are four years apart. So I'd look at her and say, hey, mom, you know, I, I really feel like I'm going to hurt Michael. You know, I feel like I, I want to drown him. And she would basically talk through <clears throat> that with me and, and discuss, you know, that's not who the Lee is that she knows and seen. And, and she would ask me, do I believe in that thought and would basically put me to the test and, and have to articulate and express like why I was feeling that way. And she would walk me through, you know, those emotions to the point where she would leave the bathroom at one point and look through the crack of the door and see, you know, and watch and basically put me to the test. And she knew I wasn't going to do anything and I knew I wasn't going to do anything, but those thoughts would still arise. And so that journey, you know, progressed on and it, it, it was tough, you know, because especially being in school and not really understanding who I was and not really understanding, you know, why I was thinking the way I was thinking and what was causing me to do that. I actually, just wrapped up a really amazing conversation with, with Tracy Maxfield, who is, I don't know if you've connected with her yet, but she's going around the country educating people on mental health and uh, basically quit her career in nursing, sold her house, and now she's going worldwide and talking about mental health and bullying in schools. So her and I had an amazing conversation about that because so much of what she's doing resonated with me because when I was a child, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on, you know? All I knew is what I was being taught by my mom and the psychologist we finally found that was a good fit that wasn't looking to just medicate me and toss me in the corner like most. And, you know, it was a really interesting time trying to fit in and play sports and keep up with my grades and, and finding that balance, you know, in in being in an a open public environment and, and let alone in the school system, which isn't very built for kids to succeed to begin with, I don't think. Um, especially somebody dealing with something like that. So it was a real tough time for me. And, you know, I got through it and had the right help and team around me to get me through uh, middle school and high school and into college. I did well there. And once I left college and thought I had things figured out and landed a good job, moved, and that's when the pendulum really swung for me, David, is uh, I hit a real deep depression and really it had been building for years. I just, I thought because I was so physically in shape, I thought I was mentally in shape too, but those two things 
really they coincide, but they're all, you know, they, it requires both pieces of the puzzle for it to work. And I had neglected my mental wellness and solely focused on the physical and really was dying internally. And I, I hadn't realized until it all caught up with me and I had gained all this weight. Um, I was, you know, I, I quit my job up in New Jersey, moved back. You know, I was gaining all this weight, was eating McDonald's and cookout two or three times a day, wasn't cooking for myself, um, and and really was deteriorating, wasn't reading, wasn't studying, wasn't going out. There'd be nights and on the weekends uh, that I'd sleep till 3, 4 o'clock in the day and refuse to go outside. Uh, so it was some real challenging times for me being a young adult thinking I had gotten past some of that, but really didn't realize how it had manifested itself in a new form um, into adulthood. And uh, yeah, and I had experienced a lot of that. And then luckily the right people came into my life. My mom obviously has still always been there. And I had a, uh, a girlfriend, you've met Madison, and she's been a big player in helping pull me out of that darkness because she met me at one of my darkest points, my lowest points. And she helped really kind of, you know, brush the dirt off and show me who Lee really was. So back in October, after kind of strategically getting myself back on track, you know, I finally, for the first time, looked in the mirror and said, you know what? I love, I love Lee. I actually like who I am. I like who I've become. I like my thoughts. And I just burst out into tears and was really upset with some of that because I really didn't understand, you know, even through all my self-awareness and what I had been through, um, I, re I didn't really realize that my awareness was in the wrong places. You know, I, I was neglecting myself so much to the point where, you know, I was aware of everything around me going on, but not nothing within me. You know, I thought I had it all figured out. And so back in October, I decided to shift my life finally. And, you know, it obviously been an ongoing journey and still is today. But finally, I, I saw, got a little bit of air above water and turned my life around, started my own company, started my podcast and still hustling and trying to get everything going today. And after talking to Tracy, really trying to to pursue some passions there and helping kids out. Um in public school systems with their mental health because I, I I feel that void on the corporate side when I work with companies on their organizational culture and hiring because um, that affected my mental wellness and being in the wrong cultures and being in toxic cultures and being in those environments that weren't supportive of who you are but just looked at you as a revenue generator or just a placeholder. Um, you know, people say that your death certificate will be posted or, or your job opening will be posted way sooner than your death certificate will. And that really resonated with me because I was like, you know what? I didn't feel appreciated at these companies. And so that's why I decided to take my talent acquisition background of three plus years and really start focusing on the human aspect. So I look at different behavioral assessments. I look at culture fits. We do different team building and engagement exercises, um, a whole spectrum of things. So that's kind of where I am today. And that's, you know, what kind of brought you and I together through LinkedIn Local. You know, I think we were both going through some tough times and LinkedIn helped us, you know, with some positivity in the social media realm. And it helped us, you know, get out there and connect with the right people because if it wasn't for that platform, 
know, you and I wouldn't have met and we haven't wouldn't have met some of the other people that we've been fortunate enough to meet. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of things, uh, which you of course touched on this, but in, in the school system and in, in work, it's, it's all about in a lot of ways, like cookie cutter results, you know, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of are put in a box and if you don't fit in the box, that's okay because everyone has to fit in a box. So you just have to like it. And I think a lot of the culture is finally, people are starting to realize that the psychological aspect of it. Um, has a lot more to do with it, you know, back in the 60s and, you know, even before that. You know, a lot of people just worked and they absolutely hated their job, but they did it because that's what they had to do. That's what they, you know, they just they just soldiered on for, you know, I don't know what reason because I wasn't around then. But, you know, you, you see all these things where people just worked and they come home and, you know, dinner was on the table and it was like that. And that's they just did that every day. And now people are like yeah, but I'm not happy. Isn't, isn't there supposed to be happiness at some point? Isn't there supposed to be fulfillment at some point in my life? Isn't there supposed to be something more than just living and dying and, uh, and, and working until you're too old to actually enjoy life? Right. And that's, yeah. and that's fortunately what companies are starting to see. School systems are another subject and way behind the curve, but, but companies are finally starting to see because they're starting to feel the monetary loss and because millennials now, you know, in, in 2020, I think they'll make up over one third of the job market. So we're seeing now that millennials, they're more taking back their time. They're owning their time again. And like you said, if they're not happy, it's not like, you know, our parents and our parents before our parents, it's not like they're going to stay there and just to collect a 401k and a pension and making sure they have their benefits. Look, within the first six months, if there's not an alignment in values, and they don't feel like it's a good fit, nine out of 10 millennials are gone. And we're starting to see that in the job market because people are starting to own that time. They're starting to, to practice more self-awareness and more self and self-love and care. And so to, to dedicate eight, nine, 10 hours of your day to a job, you really have to start saying, hey, is this something I really want to do? Because if not, you know, with unemployment being so low, People now can have the the luxury of being able to pick and choose what jobs are really a good fit, especially if they have marketable skill sets. Uh, so to your point, yeah, I mean, spot on, we're starting to see that transition in the job market. But the schools, on the other hand, uh, you know, you start getting into a little bit more politics and government funding and limited resources. And now, you know, through all the things that we've seen going on with teachers, we're starting to dilute the quality of teachers and teachers aren't really teach or aren't in place anymore that really love teaching. You know, they're, you start to get candidates and people that are just there to, to fulfill a job and to pay their bills. And we're starting to see that within our children. You know, we're starting to see that within our mental wellness, especially with things moving so fast and quickly with technology. Uh, it's becoming a real big issue in our society. And I hope it's something that a lot more people start realizing and discussing. Yeah, I mean, and and I think what you know, with what we saw, um, you know, in in LinkedIn and and so many people there pushing positive messages and trying to make changes in their worlds, their realms of influence, um, you know, and and creating these new these new worlds. Um, you know, I just recently had uh, uh, Pervy Sonia uh, Devay on uh, the podcast, and she created an application called Fan Time, which helps kids. Um, go through and understand their emotions and, and actually track, you know, their, 
their emotions through this app and, and give parents the tools to help talk to their children better and help them understand what's going on in school and to give them those tools to to work with. And to see things like that really encourages me to see that the, the needle really is moving in that space to uh, to uh, bring about a positive change in, uh, you know, in the world because, you know, we have so many people out there that are just unhappy and and they could be happy. They just have to find that right answer. They have to find that cultural mm-hmm. fit, that value fit in their lives and their jobs, and and uh, you know move into that space. And those spaces exist, like you said. The job market is is ripe right now uh, for people to go out and, and find that new job and to find that new career or to to find out what motivates them and even maybe stay with the same company but just move into a different department that they didn't even would have never even considered because it just wasn't on their on their radar. Yeah, and and like you said there's a big awakening going on I think with people now because there is so much information out there within a click of a button and now people are starting to practice that self-love, you know, meditation, breath work, diet looking at more whole healthy foods really understanding you know what's behind the scenes on a lot of things that's been going on that's we that we've been steered in the wrong direction to believe and uh you know people are now becoming more comfortable with questioning things which is great because you know growing up i was called question mark because of my obsessive compulsive um so i'm glad to see other people are starting to ask questions uh you know i i can ask questions for days but it takes a lot more of us to start asking questions and questioning things that normally just go past, you know, passing by and you just assume that they're, you know, just normal everyday truths. So definitely refreshing to see that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know with your, uh, you know, with your podcast, Authentic Act, you know, you, you uh, interview people and try and, you know, record like, you know, their authentic story and what they're really about and what makes them tick and get that, that kind of truth behind the mask, if you will. Um, you know, I've listened to, to some of your episodes, and, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, I know you, it's still still a new podcast, but you know, so far, you know, just the content that you're putting out, I think it really brings a good spotlight into, you know, asking those questions and people and, and making people, you know, more self-aware of, you know, um, how they you know, see themselves and that they're not that different from other people and how other people see themselves. So it's okay. You know, there's, there's answers out there. You just have to ask the right questions. Yeah. And that's what the beauty is in David, because we're so, so, so unique, but we carry so many similarities that there's so many areas of collaboration and understanding. Um, And that was, you know, because I kind of fell into a, a mini pit hole and I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear myself talk. I hate hearing myself talk. I feel like I have a, a bad Southern country accent. Uh, other people aren't going to want to hear me talk. I don't have anything important to talk about. And that's what a, whole, a podcast is about is speaking. So that kind of crippled me and kind of got me back. And I retreated to my comfort zone, which being around you more and being around other people and continuing those conversations, I knew I had the moral duty to get out there and share more about mental health. And that's, that's one of those things, like you said, is really, you know, getting out there and connecting with people so they can tell their story about their awareness, character, and team. Because I started asking myself, you know, what is it that got Lee through his tough times and his hard tribulations and 
and trials and errors and what really got me through that. I started really looking at it. I was like, okay, awareness, number one. I was always super aware. I always, I could tell you how many times somebody blinked. I, I you know, I was always aware, but I was always aware in the wrong area. So then as I started becoming more aware within and really listening to my body, my soul, and what was going on internally, that's when the true awareness started kicking in. So I was like, okay, check awareness for life. If you want to live an authentic, genuine life and stay true to who you are, awareness is a must have. The second, it's character. What is your character? That Not that you got from a text or a book or religion or what your parents told you, but what is that character that David lives by? What is that character that I live by? What is those founding core principles? You know, companies like to call them their values. People call them values or their character. I feel like values tie into your character and who you are. What are those few things or a list of things that make you who you are? that differentiate you from the other person that no matter what comes your way, you don't steer away from. So I really started focusing a lot on my character and started taking a a lot of pride in my integrity and who I was and the things I've built up to be, even though I didn't know that at the time. And lastly, but probably one of the most important pieces is your team. Like you and I've talked about with LinkedIn and social media and, and the, and the groups that we run and having all of this diversity come through with artists and business owners and managers and employees from so many different walks of life. But building on that team, you know, people call it their tribe now, but really building on that team and, and realizing who are those top influential people that no matter what, if you were to pick up the phone today and call that person, would they be there for you? Do they understand you? Are they really there for you your entire life? And, uh, that's something that I was like, okay, that's that's the act. You know, people say that we're nothing but, uh, you know, uh, actors and actresses stepping on stage, putting on an act in life. So I was like, all right. So people ca- started calling me authentic. I was like, oh, I like authentic. That's a cool word. And I like the definition behind it. So authentic act. That is your authentic act. How can your act in life be as authentic and genuine as possible? And, you know, that's one thing I can say about you, David, and what's drawn me to you is that no matter when, where, how, what, I, when I talk to you, it's always consistent. I always know I'm getting the same David, the same genuineness, the same authentic drive behind you. And that's something that I've always appreciated and consider you a part of my team because it's it's hard to find those people out there like that, man. I, I know I can pick up the phone, you know, even with – events that we run and some of the other things that we talk about you know we can exchange ideas and boom within a second you've gotten back to me or helped me out and so you've helped me out in a lot of areas in my life man so i appreciate that but that's kind of what authentic act is is in a in a nutshell oh yeah yeah i mean and and that's i mean and that goes both ways i mean we have collaborated on so much great stuff together and worked on things and and uh you know brought together i mean and, and i think that's really true when you said you know uh having your team and having or your tribe or you know whatever whatever word you use to describe it whoever is listening <laughs> uh, you know you have that those people that come into your life and they they are attracted by that magnetic personality that you have and that's why so and that's one thing it's not to be like um you know, kind of like discouraged by because some people just aren't attracted to what you're doing. And, you know, even though you think like, wow, this is a cool person, maybe they're not going to be that, that part member of your team. But when you find that person, um, you know, 
it's like you said, it's that phone call. It's like, hey, you know, I've got this idea. And even if, you know, you or I didn't have time at that time, you know, we'd get back to each other, we'd work on it, um, you know, and, and keep keep the conversation going, um, you know, because we have that, that level of uh, uh, trust and, you know, friendship now where, you know, we're working together on stuff and, and hosting LinkedIn Local and, you know, it's it's just been such an eye-opening experience for me because it's helped me with a lot of my stuff as well, you know, mentally speaking, because, you know, I too had, um, you know, issues with and pouts with OCD myself. And, um, you know, and I definitely understand when you're like, you know, focusing on the wrong things because it's so easy to like, you know, start counting, you know, like the clicks on your turn signal <laughs> or mm-hmm. somebody tapping on a table, uh, a pencil on a table or whatever, and then just get totally lost and focused in on that one thing. And, and you're so laser focused, you can't see anything else until something snaps you out of that point. And, um, you know, you know, it definitely takes a lot of time because you're so focused on everything, like hyper focused on the world around you a lot of times. And I know this in my own life, and of course you just spoke about it, just the fact that sometimes you totally forget about yourself because you're so focused on every little thing that's going on around you. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it can definitely be crippling, but when you finally find that self-awareness, you know, it just opens up your whole world because you're like, wow, I've missed a lot. <laughs> I've left a lot right. of time that I yeah. see. Yeah. You're focusing, you know, because you're at that point. You're focusing on the wrong things, you know. You're you're looking and obsessing over all these things, and life's passing you by. And like you said, with the pencils, or you know, I, I used to sit there and just count tiles at a younger age. Yep. Um, you know, count tiles. I would stare at the sun. I would hold my breath underwater for X amount. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And you know, and that that one word self is what's key because, and I used to think it was selfish. But but self-awareness is important because at the end of the day, we have to take care of us. It's, it's our natural instinct. It's natural selection. We're always going to want to survive. But really, to be the best self, we have to take care of ourselves. But to be a, uh, the best friend or spouse or or partner or coach or team, whatever you are, to be that best version, you have to be in love and understand yourself. And that's where I was missing in so many areas of my life because – I was missing that one key piece, that self-awareness. I had awareness, just not the self. You know, and even if I did have awareness about myself, it was in the wrong areas. You know, it was, it was things I was obsessing about and then creating false realities around. Because I obsessed so much, my brain turned it into a reality, and then I thought it was real. You couldn't tell me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, and one of one of my favorite uh, sayings that I've heard, uh, you know, since I've been on, on my own journey. Else, unless you're cut this hole. And, uh, you know, and, and that just really spoke to me because I was like, and that makes sense. You know, I'm sitting here thinking I'm being selfish, wanting to take time for myself and reflect and do all this stuff when I should mm-hmm. be going out there and helping people. But you know, my cup's empty. I got nothing to give. So how can I help somebody if I have nothing? And, uh, That's right. Though, I mean, I, I mean, in the physical sense, I had plenty. But in the spiritual sense, or in the you know, soul sense, I had nothing. I had nothing left to give emotionally. I was at zero. I was running on empty fumes. And um, you know, it, it's it's amazing how quickly we get lost in that. And, and 
to forget about that. And I mean, everybody, everybody does it. You know, we, we get, you know, because like you said, you know, we think, oh, look, be uh, self-reflective and selfish, you know, because we're taught from children's age, you know, don't be selfish, share, give, mm-hmm. you know, all of this, which is nothing wrong with sharing or giving, but make sure that, you know, you're not getting so much that you have nothing left at the end. You're just sitting there like totally spent, you can't, you know, you can't take another step on your journey because you just, you're, you're lost. You don't know how to get uh, to the next place, uh, you know, because you just, you've got nothing to get you there. Yeah, and I, I would find ways to to not take care of myself or, or to not listen to myself because I felt like I didn't want to get trapped in my mind and I thought that mental obsession, that obsessive compulsive was where I didn't need to be. But then I later learned, you know, back in October that those are some of the most beautiful places to be at if you learn how to analyze it and treat it and handle it correctly. I just wasn't handling the information properly. I would get overwhelmed and look at it as a negative when really all these thoughts I was having were positive if I just uh, compartmentalized them a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing is just also understanding how to, you know, focus on yourself and what you're doing. And, and, uh, you know, one thing that really helped me um, was, uh, though I haven't been practicing it consistently, I'm still working on that part, was actually also meditating. Um, And I I discovered the Calm app because I just thought I'm never going to be able to meditate. My mind does not shut off. I can't stop thinking. And then when I started going through the guided meditation, I was like, oh, okay, it's okay for thoughts to come into my mind. I just need to acknowledge them and let them pass on. And, you know, before I I just thought it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm never going to figure this out. Meditation is just, oh, I'll have to be in my 90s or something. You know, maybe <laughs> then my mind will slow down and I'll be able to focus long enough to sit there for 20 minutes without 8,000 thoughts racing toward my brain at once. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, I mean, as a child, I couldn't sleep. My mind would not shut off. So I would actually, the way I solved that was to tell myself stories. Um, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't read because the lights were off and, uh you know, sitting there reading for three or four hours wasn't, you know, while I was laying in bed, you know, my arms were getting tired, so I started telling myself uh, uh, stories and making up my own uh, stories. And, uh, you know, that's how I would get to sleep because I would actually trick my mind into being like, okay, I'm going to focus on this one thing, creating this story out of nothing. And then I was able to sleep. Before that, I was only able to sleep for maybe two hours a night. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that was, you know, and I would, I would go to bed at, like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up at five, I'd start doing my schoolwork because I was homeschooled at that point. And then I would stay up until two o'clock the following morning, you know, three o'clock the following morning. And that was it. And then I operated like that for years um, before finally I hit the wall and just could not stay awake any longer. You know, my body finally uh, took charge and overthrew my mind in that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, amazing when you when you start realizing that, okay, it's okay to have thoughts. You just keep, you know, move through them, you know, let them pass by you, um, you know, and, and the peace that comes from that as well has really helped me a lot. Is that is that something that, telling those stories, is that something that helped you kind of launch some of your books today, having that same skill set as a child and being able to come up with that? Is that what helped transition you today into some of that? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it really did. I always enjoyed telling stories as a kid, even when I was in public school. Um, you know, I would I would sit at the lunchroom table and tell stories to the kids. I pretended like I had this uh, radio show, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would even do voices and and and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, talk you know, talk like different characters from movies or television shows, or do my best as like a, a seven or eight year old child. <laughs> Uh, would and um, so I always was fascinated with the idea of storytelling. So when I would start telling myself stories to fall asleep and stuff, you know, I was like, wow, you know, these are really cool. I would love to read these as books, um, but I never thought of myself as an author or that I could ever attain anything like that um, until mm-hmm. I finally, you know, last year said, you know what, I can publish these things whether a publisher picks me up or not. I can go through Amazon or there's tons of self-publishing houses out there. I don't have to uh, say that, oh, well, you know, I have to be James Patterson before I can get a book published. I can be David Calvert and publish a book. And mm. that uh, having that power at my fingertips to be able to say I could actually make this happen uh, and all of the positive reinforcement from people on LinkedIn, um, you know, really drove me to uh, – you know, to finally take that leap and to start writing. And after I started writing, it just, the, the, the story just, you know, flowed from me. I just, um, you know, was so intrigued. I wanted to know what happened next. I, I didn't, like, pre-plan any of it. I just wrote every day. I wrote a chapter, and it just kind of came to me as, as I went. It wasn't, it wasn't like, yep, I know where I'm going. It was like, okay, well, let's see where we can figure out what the next step is. Yeah, that's powerful, man. And, I, I get a lot of that influence, you know, from you because I eventually want to try to write uh, a book about my mental health journey to be able to put out there and help others. Um, but it's just like you just said, you know, I had some of those self-limiting beliefs at first and, you know, I'm not an author and who am I to try to, you know, pretend that I am. And so it's really just a matter of getting past some of that and being able to realize, like you said, you don't have to be, anybody you're not it's okay to just be yourself and people accept and appreciate what you're putting out there it's it's almost like music you know the right some people are going to like it some people are going to hate it you know it's it's one of those things that you can't really please everybody and that's one thing that i've really started learning through my life and journey is that you really can't because i would get so obsessed with what others were thinking um it's not uh, I was going to say it's not that I necessarily don't care, but I guess I kind of did because I was having the thought and entertaining the thought, so I guess I did care. Uh, but really getting past that and, and going back to that self-love piece, and once you really hit that part of you and start figuring out, okay, I do really like this about myself. I am unique in this way. You start to really find that comfort zone and being able to accept who you are. And if, if somebody doesn't, that it doesn't really affect you because, I was always such a vulnerable person growing up in the sense I would tell my story and share everything with everybody. Um, but then what I realized is when I didn't have that self-love in place and didn't have that mental uh, barrier in place, that's when I would get it, was getting hurt, you know, even to the point of one of the last companies I worked for. Uh, it was toxic, I mean, to the point where I had to speak with the EEOC because I mean, I was telling him all these things about my obsessive compulsive, and he would sit there and use all this information, send me hateful emails, pull me into the office, and basically 
ask me, am I obsessing and use the word, the same words that I had given him against me. And, you know, but looking back at that now, I realized I just wasn't protected because if he were to come to me and say those things to me today, I'd probably laugh or smile and, and be okay with it. But then, you know, I wasn't really protected with who I was or content with that part. So for him to use that information against me was super, super hurtful. So I think, you know, to some of your points, that's that's one of those things is finding that place where it's okay to just be who you are and it doesn't have to be any big-time name, but just getting out there and enjoying the process. Just like, you know, with the podcast, it doesn't have to be top 100 podcasts for it to mean something. There's thousands of people that are impacted by the messages that are presented in some of this, you know, content. And I think that's what really matters. Yeah. I mean, and that's so true. I mean, it, it's, you know, a lot of people kind of obsess over like, Oh, I want to be famous. I want to be Instagram famous. I want to be a LinkedIn influencer. I want to be this, you know, you have all the, uh, I hate that, I hate that word. <laughs> yeah, I and, uh, you know, a lot of people get obsessed or caught up in that idea and they don't realize, I mean, there's so many people who, who I see on LinkedIn every day that I talk to and I'm like, you are totally influencing people and changing people's lives. And they're like, oh no, I couldn't possibly be an influencer. I'm not that type of person. And I'm like, no, but you are, you know, you, you, you've impacted my life. I would not have sent you this message if you didn't have an impact in my life. Uh, that is one of the descriptors of being an influencer. And there's so many fantastic people out there that do that and that change lives and, and that have changed their own lives, um, you know, through telling their story or, or finding, you know, a new, you know, a new side of themselves that, that um, they didn't even know that was there, um, you know, to speak to music. Um, you know, the Beatles, you know, love them or hate them, they were one of the more successful rock bands of, you know, the 20th century. And it's because as they discovered the, more about themselves, their actual musical styles changed and they mm -hmm. influenced music and culture. Uh, they actually had four different um, styles to their music or four different eras to their music um, throughout their, their, you know, uh, you know, run as, as a group. And, um, it's because as they discovered more about themselves, they changed who they were and then people and the world actually changed with them. And, um, you know, it's amazing to think of, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, four guys from, <laughs> from a small town in England, uh, changing yeah. the world. And they weren't anybody special. They weren't, you know, like these huge names. They were just a couple of kids who wanted to play music. And, you know, and so a lot of people get caught up in, I have to be somebody famous or I have to be somebody important. It's not the case. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's your story. It's how your story changes people. It's how your story changes you. And it's how, yeah. as you discover sure. yourself, um, you know, you change with that as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man, because, and that's a, that's a big piece I was even missing in my personal life. I grew up in, uh, and, and people say, you know, that, that music is one of the biggest keys to the soul, that it touches people in so many different ways and the only art that can take people back in time, you know, because when you hear that song, it takes you to that place you were at when you were heard it or that memory that you had. Um, so music for me, you know, Madison introduced me to a lot of music um, I hadn't really listened to, including, you know, even the Beatles and, 
some of their work and things I really didn't pay attention to. I listened to a lot of rap growing up. Uh, I grew up in a little small country town, so I hated country music. <laughs> so I listened to rap, but I was listening to the wrong rap too, because you know, even with music, you have frequencies and vibrations, and they affect our mental so much. You know, I think it was a lot a, a big reason too why I was such an angry state sometimes, because you know I was having that music fuel me in the wrong areas. So now, you know, being able to open my horizons and and listen to different music and appreciating different types of music and not really trying to fall into one category. Um, has really been something important to me. Even, like you said, with influencers, is that real people not trying to fall into a category, people that are actually leading through their work or leading through how they act and not just leading for a like or a follow or a sponsorship. Because, I mean, really, that means nothing. You see a lot of these influencers out there posting stuff, and you know, they've got all this free shit, basically. And... Really, it's just you're you're getting free stuff for a fraction of of a penny from what it costs the company to send you, and you're just their pawn. You know, they're, you're just marketing somebody else's material. You're not really influencing anybody. You're just the person that happened to have a, a large following to begin with, and now they've just turned your page into a free marketing page at the cost of some free goods. You know, and it's, that's one of the things that really bothers me now about social media influencers and all this crap is that. You know, people aspire now to be vulnerable and do this and share that when really my biggest thing is it should come from a genuine organic place. It should never come from, hey, I'm going to do this just to get that spotlight or just to be, to have people think of me a certain way. Like, I feel like anything with a bad intent does not end well. You know, and that's one thing I've been looking at in my life is evaluating different aspects is, is what's the intent, what's the purpose, what's the potential. You know, looking at those three things, you know, really can help you answer a lot of questions. You know, is there true intent behind it? Is there an actual purpose? And what's, you know, what's the potential that if, if it does go well and those two things come first, what's the potential to come of that? And I think those are really three things to keep in mind when looking at decisions and things that we're trying to interact and engage with to stay true to our character. I mean, and, and that's the thing, as long as it comes from an authentic place, uh, you're looking at it from the right reason, you know, you'll attract the right people, you know. I mean, you're also going to attract tons of, uh, you know, other others as well, you know, like, for instance, since starting this podcast, you know, I get tons of, of people who reach out to me who are podcast promoters and things like that and people that, you know, claim I can get my podcast in the top 100 and things like that, but... At the same time, I've met some of the most extraordinary people um, and, and had conversations with people that I would have never, ever been in the same sphere of influence or, um, you know, in, the, in a place where I could have those conversations because, you know, we weren't running in the same circles. Um, mm-hmm. But by doing what I'm doing and having the interviews that I've had, you know, it's given me that, that platform and that opportunity to speak to people and help them share their story, um, and, you know, that's something that's really exciting for me because I love hearing people's stories, and because 
you know, I, I, I take just as much information and value out of, out of hearing the stories as my audience does. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm right. always learning something myself and, 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 and about them and about myself, you know, so, so it's, it's, um, a, you know, a really amazing thing to see, um, that transformation and to see how, you know, people, um, interact with other people and to see that positivity, to see that, that, um, you know, giving, you know, nature that people have, you know, the goodness uh, that's in the world and to be able to share that with, with everyone. Yeah, man, that's, that's a hundred percent spot on because that's really what motivated me to, to do the podcast myself is that, I mean, not only are you putting somebody on in the spotlight that can help other people, but you get to learn along the way, exactly like you just said, because, and plus two, being in a talent acquisition background and interviewing people and always asking questions my entire life, I was like, well, one plus one equals two, so this kind of makes sense. I just need to get past the fact of I don't like my own voice sometimes um, and just push through it. And, but it also taught me too, David, because I am such an extrovert, it allows me to be an introvert because when people come on my show, I try to not talk as much, obviously. Um, so it's a, it's a time for me to practice being a better listener and improving those listening skills because it allows me to sit back, listen and, you know, listen with that purpose, listen with that intent. And it just aligns with everything I'm trying to do, whether I get two views or two million views, you know, I, I would like for people to listen to it, but you know, if, if they don't listen to it and it's not their cup of tea, it's, Hey, that's cool. You know, some people are going to find value in it. Uh, some won't, you know, I put that video out on LinkedIn yesterday. I think it was like six minutes long. I'm like, man, nobody's really going to listen to this it's too long. Um, you know, algorithm, this algorithm, that, but I just put it out there and I probably gotten three or four different messages of people sharing their story with me and saying how it touched their lives. And it really made me feel good because whether I get, you know, a thousand views, for 10 views, those people that messaged me made every minute of that video worth it. And that, to me, is what's rewarding. And like you just said, being able to live and learn and be in the moment with the other person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. That's that's what makes it worthwhile. I mean, you know, I put out the book about, you know, my story. And, you know, I was like, you know, thinking like, okay, well, I don't really know how many copies it's going to sell. I don't, you know, I don't really know if anyone's going to resonate with it or like it or people are going to think I'm, think I'm nuts. I don't know, but this is my story and I'm going to share it. And, you know, I had people reach out, like you said, and message me. And I'm like, you know, because it wasn't a long book. It was a short book. I didn't want to be too too lengthy with it just because I was like, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not good at I'm not good at talking about myself, <laughs> you know, like we spoke about before mm-hmm. before uh, the interview, and um, you know, and I had people start reaching out, and they're like, wow, you know, I, it's amazing to learn these things about you, and and you know what you wrote really helped me, and I'm like, oh, oh okay, I just I was just um, you know, and and I didn't know where it was going to go, or if it or if anyone was going to buy it or resonate with it, I was just putting it out there and release it into the world to get it off of my chest. You know, it was as much of a therapy and a healing for myself as it was for <laughs> for for some of the people who messaged me and, and you know, that just meant the world to me is just to to hear those those um you know, those or read those messages and talk with those people and have those conversations because it it, 
you know, it was, you know, just me being me and, and, and sharing, you know, the truth of, you know, what I experienced. And, you know, like you said about learning as well, you know, sometimes I love sitting on the podcast and just saying nothing. <laughs> and then, like, every once in a while, a story like that just comes up, and I'm like, okay, let me share this, and then I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like you said, it's it's okay, and that goes back to that selfishness and self-awareness, and, you know, it's okay to to have that self part where you're just like, like, look, I'm actually getting something out of this too. It's mutually beneficial. I use that word all the time. And to me, that's something I try to live by. It's like, I always don't have the benefit from it, but if something is mutually beneficial, then why not? And that's how I look at business. And there's so much to go around with an abundance mentality. You know, I've got a project now that I'm hopefully going to be working on. And there's things that, honestly, I haven't done before. And so I've got other consultants that I'm partnered with that's got twice the years of experience that I do and age, and they want a partner. So it's mutually beneficial because if I can bring them on, they get paid, I get paid, the client's satisfied, and they get, you know, value, more value than what they expected, then it's a win situation across the board. And that's how I try to treat life, business, and, you know, my everyday tasks. And, like, where can everybody you know, succeed and get value from. And if you don't get value this go around, how can you get value next? You know, it's the boomerang effect. You throw it out there, you're not always going to get an immediate return, but it's going to come back around. So I try to, you know, really practice that a lot in both personal and professional life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's the thing is just, you know, making making those collaborations and, and those mutual beneficial um your decisions will will pay out dividends, like you said. If not immediately, they will pay out dividends. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times when you least expect it, and um, you know, and that's I think that's really the best way to run a business or your life is to to make sure you're you're you know um, collaborating. You know, it doesn't always have to be a competition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be may the best man or woman or person win however you want to say that <laughs> you know or, or how you <laughs> would say that you know it's just uh you know it, it, there, there's plenty of there's plenty of everything out there it's just a matter of changing our mindset to realize that there is and to not think about the fact that wow you know I, i've got to go out there and you know get this before someone else does there'll be another opportunity to come along you know it, it, it's it's there's plenty out there <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And that's what I've been practicing probably as one of the biggest pieces in my life currently is is drilling that down more and more. Because especially, man, you know, being a, a young guy and starting business and not really having that referral base, but having so much value to contribute to people, you know, I've got to sit there and keep reminding myself, like, there's there's abundance, there's plenty to go around, um, you know, just focus on that and the and the good will come. And, you know, just keeping your head down and it's the law of attraction too, you know, you, you get what you put out there. And I always tell people like this, it's, it's like a math equation. Uh, a positive plus a negative is always going to equal a negative if that negative outweighs the positive. So if you're a good person, you, you're doing good things, you're, you know, got a lot of positive things going on about you, but your thoughts are negative, then you're going to attract negativity because it's going to outweigh what you're doing. So I try to stay positive. You know, I, I got in a little hiccup this week and fell into a little bit of depression, but, uh, excuse me, and pulled myself out. And, 
you know, allowed myself kind of this week to, uh, you know, take a break and just reevaluate and get everything back down and the business will still be there. Money's going to still be there, but focus on myself, give myself this break and hit it back strong, you know, starting Monday. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to take care of myself first and foremost. And then obviously, uh, my girlfriend, my animals, my family, and my friends, you know, all that fall align in alignment with one another. So, so, I mean, as far as, um, you know, with what you're doing, you know, and what's the best ways to find Lee Everett online to get in touch with what he's doing, uh, speaking about you in the third person, I guess, <laughs> but uh, uh, I feel like I'm speaking about you in the third person, but I don't know if that's possible, um, but, uh, but yeah, what's the best way to find out what you're doing uh, for people that are in the recruitment space that want to find out more and maybe connect up with you and uh, and, and partner with what you're doing, uh, find out more about your podcast and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm super heavy on LinkedIn. Um, so Lee Everett, it's a bunch of E's, so E-V-E-R-E-T-T-E. -E -E. Um, you can find me there. And then on um, Facebook as well, on Instagram, it's authentic underscore Lee 3. So authentic underscore Lee 3. Um, you can find a lot of my posts and what what's going on there. I'm trying to play catch up on other social media platforms. Uh, for business purposes, my website is elevateavalon.com. And so if you're a business owner looking to grow your company or your organizational culture or bettering your hiring process, feel free to give me a call. We'll set up a free consultation and see what our team can do for you. Um, and two, we also work on the, the career coaching side as well. So we try to tackle both sides of the process. So if anybody out there is looking for any um, career coaching, resume advice, interview tips. We basically reveal the secrets that recruiters withhold um, to you. We also, uh, because of my mental health journey, I, I do some wellness coaching. I don't claim to be a psychologist or psychiatrist, um, but if you need some guidance around those areas, we can help you there as well. Um, but, yeah, so those are a few ways that you can find me. Authentic Act is the podcast that I'm trying to build up, so you can find that on all major uh, streaming platforms um, and feel free to tune in there. I think I maybe have like three or four episodes. So I would love for people to get up there, subscribe, give me some feedback and let me know if anybody you may want to hear on the show. Uh, we've actually got to get that set up with you and I, David, so I can get you up there. And, and I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but I know your story and what you went through and what motivated you and your work and started publishing some of your books is real impactful um, so I know a lot of people would benefit from hearing some of that. So, yeah, that's a, a few places to find me and to contact me. I'm always looking to communicate. I'm I'm pretty bad at time blocking. So if you send me a message and want to talk, more than likely I'll say yes. <laughs> um, but that's just where I'm at in life. You know, I'm uh, I'm at a point where I want to build and plant new relationships, and you know, I'll start blocking off my time better when it becomes that point in my life. But right now. I'm looking to connect and share business ideas and build relationships. And, and that's a little bit about me and where you can find me. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show. I know we've been trying to put this one together and of course me coming on your show for quite, quite a number of weeks now, but, uh, I'm glad we were finally able to get this, this one put together and, uh, 
yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing everyone's reactions and, and uh, seeing the, the results that come back from this uh, this conversation, man. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it uh, impacts some people and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, they gain something out of the conversation. Hey, if not, I enjoy talking to you as always, David. You're always a great guy, man, and I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Oh, yeah, man. It was a, it was a pleasure. <laughs> We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that it is pretty difficult to get the word out there. But that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn. Andrada Anite, or reach out to David and he will help you get to me. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand.